0: THE FOLLOWING PROGRAM IS SPONSORED BY FRIENDS OF LIFE OUTREACH INTERNATIONAL. COMING UP ON LIFE TODAY, BIBLE TEACHER AND AUTHOR BETH MOORE EXPLAINS THAT WHEN SATAN HAS HIS WAY, PEOPLE ARE OUT OF CONTROL AND OUT OF COMMUNITY.
1: LET ME TELL YOU SOMETHING. SATAN WANTS US TO THINK THAT THERE IS A TERRITORY SO DARK AND DEMONIC THAT JESUS WILL NOT BOTHER TO COME AND CONQUER IT. AND THE DEVIL IS A LIAR. HE IS A LIAR.
0: Finding Freedom from the Darkness as we spend Wednesdays in the Word, next.
2: Hey Hey to you too. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. I'm James Robinson, my wife Betty and I welcome you to life today. I hope you've also been visiting stream.org, the stream every day. And remember this now, you can find those things which will not only inspire you but inform you and, and show you how you can make a difference and why it's important to make a difference. why we have light in this dark day. And why we have a salt effect to protect the precious, like innocent life and every life and marriage and family. So, go to the stream. Betty, we've got an incredible gift for our viewers. This is called Every Day a New Day. And there is a season, be instant in season and out of season. Be consistent. So we've taken the seasons, and this happens to be the fall cover. Uh, we've got summer, and, and we've got spring and winter. And, and we want to take you every day into the presence of God, but also give you a journaling opportunity because this is so important. We've learned it. Beth Moore is one of the people who helps us learn all of this. She's an incredible Bible teacher, and you're going to love what she's sharing She's actually talking about Jesus and the man with demons. And and believe this, we're all attacked by these spirits, these agents of the devil. Here's Beth Moore. Would you welcome Beth?
1: Well, number four is this where Satan has his way, people are out of control. And out of community. Where Satan has his way, people are out of control and out of community. I am praying that in our present series, somebody is going to get some hope for going through what you would consider to be your worst case scenario. Because truly, we're looking into Luke chapter 8 and what is a worst case scenario when the enemy has systematically come for everything from A to Z in this man's life. He has got nothing. He lives around the tombs. He has absolutely lost his mind. How do we know that? Because by the end of the narrative, we're told he's in his right mind. Well, the only way you get in your right mind through a healing is that you have been out of your mind. And listen, I know what it is like to be out of my mind. That kind of season when you think somebody has seen me act like an idiot. Anybody? Anybody? (laughs) Anybody? Listen, it says in this narrative, in, in verse 29, look, look at these words. For he had commanded the unclean spirit, this is Jesus commanding it to come out of the man, for many a time it had seized him, he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Now, I just need a couple of you just this this is a nice heavy chain. So you kind of hear it in my microphone. Just I want you to imagine that you have got the strength to break that thing. <laughs> I mean, would you what kind of demonic activity would it take? How out of control could you possibly be that you could break the bonds put on you? And I started thinking because um, Mark's Gospel tells a very interesting account of the same exact narrative. And it gives some uh, different wording in Mark 5, verse 4. It says this, no one had the strength to subdue him. Somebody go there with me. And I want somebody to just stand tight on the other side of that screen because listen, this is going to speak to somebody. No one had the strength to subdue him. Um, I don't know if you have ever been in a situation where somebody in your family has been so out of control and the entire family... I mean, there's counselors have been sought. Um, The the police have gotten involved. Everything you can think of to try to manage this situation, but no one has the power to subdue them. Can I see anybody's hand? Because listen, that's speaking to somebody. Because, uh, listen, either you've been there or you know somebody who's been there. And I want us to enter in to the plight of the family before we just think, well, aren't they mean? They've just cast him out. They could not handle him. Anybody? I've got a really good friend that has got an 18-year-old that has turned their lives entirely upside down. They cannot subdue her. They are doing everything they know to do. And listen, this is still very much in process, and we're believing God for full victory. But I do want you to know, there is not something that is wrong with you if you cannot subdue a person who is out of control. You do not have the power to do what only Jesus can do. Amen. And sometimes you've just got to raise up your hand and go, I got to have some help. Because I got somebody on my hands I cannot subdue anybody. Amen. I do not have the power to subdue this person. I love this person. I would do anything that I could. I lack the power, the ability to subdue this person. So there He is out in the tombs. Somebody listening, somebody watching knows what it's like to try to rescue someone from hurting himself or herself and have no strength to be able to do it. I was thinking about how the enemy works this because What happens in a family when somebody finally just is put out of that community, whether it's through a arrest, and listen, I know many, many people, listen carefully, I don't want you to get condemnation on you, because I know many, many people who have found Jesus, have found freedom in a cell. I mean, freedom in a cell. I can't even tell you how many. But I'm just saying to you, we have situations where um, someone is then um, put out from the family in whatever way it would be that a, a couple is having to split up over protection of the children, whatever it may be. But what happens that the enemy can work in this whole thing is that the person put out then can blame the people who put them out when they had no further power to subdue them. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody? This is what life looks like when the enemy is having a party. When you got somebody out of control in your hands, you cannot subdue them. It ends up that you are having to put distance in that community, and it's breaking your heart, and it's broken their hearts, but you do not know anything else to do because you have no further power to fix it. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need Jesus.
0: Still to come, Beth describes a time when she felt trapped.
1: Something was so messed up in my mind that I was not screaming to get out.
0: I'm interrupting Beth
2: for just a moment. And, And Betty, one of the things that Beth has made clear to us, because she's probably an ultimate missionary. When she first came with us, even before she started in the teaching, she started going to the mission field. And one of the things that means so much to Beth and her husband, Keith, and really her living proof ministries is, is the mission outreach. And uh, right now we're talking about water for life and uh, then the water of life, which is what Beth's teaching. But, but I, wanted you to, I wanted you to know that this is a, uh, a very, very, it's, it's very, very important. And I want you to watch this.
3: Trehun used to work in his village to provide for his family. But since his wife left him, he now takes this long walk every day to collect water for his three children. Hu Hakle. Hu Shaw. And who come fake? When our mission team learned of Trey's story, his children literally stole their hearts. Trey shared with the team that his oldest daughter died one year ago from drinking the dirty water which made her sick. Trey fears his other children will die because he has no other choice but to get water from the dirty pond. His youngest child, who come fake, has become the sickest of his three children, and she is continually lying down to try and get comfortable. All of this has driven Trey to tell us
0: he has no hope. His little baby is super, super sick, Um, and she's really uncomfortable. I think she's just
2: trying to lay down and get comfortable over there, but um, just heartbreaking. Like, I think the worst part about the whole story is that he says that he has no hope, like that um, he's just in survival mode. And that's just really difficult to be in a situation where there isn't any hope or joy or peace or anything.
1: And What's amazing is we have the answer for them and that is clean water. And we're asking you to please help us be able to bring life-giving water to this family and to other families and villages around here. Please partner with us and help us.
2: There are not adequate words to describe the gratitude to see our oldest grandson married a year, standing there with his little bride, Looking at those precious children, Betty, I wanted to take every one of them, and I know Luke and Cassie, uh, they did hold those precious children, including that little baby, and loved them. And uh, Luke started saying he was gonna go to the mission field when he was four years old. He told me, I'm gonna go, and we're gonna feed people, because if we don't, they will die, papa and, uh, and now there he is. That's his anniversary, his first one year. That's where it was spent. And uh, for Cassie, they said she won everybody to Christ in Cambodia that had two legs. She was (laughs) after all of them. And there they are loving him. And what he's saying is we can do something for that little family. Betty, they don't have to keep drinking that filthy water and seeing the child sick. And for him to say he has no hope, and you and I know that hope is watching right here hope rises up in our heart and then is expressed through loving hearts and we give the hope.
1: Well, James, I know there's no greater heartache than a parent watching their child suffer and know that every moment they're in pain and they can do nothing. There are some situations where we can't do anything. We can love them and be close to them. But there's this situation where something can be done and we must do it for the sake of these precious children. So I hope you will feel it in your heart to want to help. Let's make a difference. Let's let's drill the water well so that these people can have an opportunity to offer something good for their children, clean water that won't hurt them and kill
0: them in some situations.
2: Well, I, I guess I feel like that, that, that I knew I'd be talking to the answer. I'd be talking to you. you you're a hope's answer. You're the answer for hope. You really are. We, we together. And I can just already tell you because Betty and I will do it. And I will tell our grandson, we'll, we'll drill a well. Betty and I will drill a well right there. We started years ago when we started drilling wells. We said, God, every time we come to drill a well, please help us. And, and when we first started, we couldn't drill a well. But then we got where we could drill a whole well. They were 3,600. And then the price went up because the cost goes up. And now it's 4,800. We'd be able to hold it there, but we'll, we'll, we'll do that. And Luke and Cassie can hear that. They're going to get a well. But we need to drill 500 wells in situations like that, with precious little children like that and parents like that. And I believe with all my heart, you want to do that. We have some beautiful gifts to send you to say thank you. This is a devotional guide for every day and a journal. Every day a new day. You're going to love this. And uh, it's divided by seasons of the year. And then the Jesus, uh, Names of Jesus pin set, uh, two pins, that are just beautiful. And then the uh, incredible uh, painting by Thomas Kincaid, Forest Chapel. We send those gifts to say thanks, but that's not why you give. I don't believe any one of you. I don't believe one of you give to get. I believe you give because it's a blessing to give life. And we're going to share them water for life and tell them about the water of life. And when they see love, they receive it because it's so real to them. Would you right now go to lifetoday.org? Or would you dial the number there on the screen and take your bank card, use it like a check. That's how you should always use it. But I want you to make the largest gift you can. Remember, $48, and this is where most of the money comes for the whales. People who give $48 and others join. And, and, and that gives 10 people water the rest of their life. That's how it breaks out. 144, 30 people. Somebody gives 1,200, three people join, we got a well. 2,400, another person joins, we got a well. At any level, see, there is no area too great or too small if we just do what God put on our heart and what we can do. If you can give a well, I know you'll want to. And I believe you will. So would you please reach out and touch someone's love right now? Dial the number. Go online, lifetoday.org and make that gift. If you write a check, Please call the number and tell us you're putting it in the mail. Would you do that? And thank you so much for doing it.
0: Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Every Day a New Day devotional broken out into the four seasons of the year. This daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the names of Jesus found in scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today.
1: People need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. This is your situation. You cry out to him. You ask him. You come over here to what may seem like the opposite side. Listen, there is no opposite side to Jesus. He just goes. He just goes. He goes against the opposing forces. He goes. I I started thinking how much violence would be an undeniable part of a world or environment in which Satan held full sway. Wouldn't you agree with that? Violence. Pure violence an earmark of an environment where Satan has his way. I was reading today with horror online about a place, a violent place in the Middle East where they are, I I hate to even bring this to you, but I want you to understand the full measure of what we're talking about in Luke chapter 8 and when the enemy gets full sway, beheading women and children. And keeping, I'm sorry, go with me here, because we, we better be rising up, right. and we better be praying, and we better be crying out that this is wrong and must cease. Keeping their heads for trophies. God help us. God help us. The violence of the day that we live in, and we're so exposed to it and surely this is one reason why mark 24 or matthew 24 rather tells us that in the end um, of times that hearts will grow cold unless we guard our hearts violence thinking of when jesus said in my peace i give to you and i want you to hear the declaration of the enemy my chaos i give to you my torment And my fury and my turmoil, that's what I would give to you. That is a world where the enemy has full sway. I'll tell you something else about it. I want to go here very, very gently. I want you to hear me out and don't um, turn away too soon. Listen, the homelessness in this world, people... I have worked with people in shelters, as many of you have. The tragedy of people that do not have a place to go home, Now, I'm not saying they've done, many of them are in the situation because of victimization, because of somebody else's poor choices. But I am saying one of the things we need to understand here is we're told that he had not lived in a house in verse 27. He had not lived in a house in a very long time, but he lived among the tombs. And I'm not talking about a, a brick house. I'm talking about an apartment. I don't care if it's the size of a... I don't care if it's 10 square feet, but it's got a pillow in it and a blanket, a place to be warm and a place to get out of the elements, a home, a house, something, some kind of shelter. Do you know how many people on this planet have no place to go home? And it, it hits us at the most fundamental level because a person's got to have a place. And in a world where the enemy has full sway... It is a world characterized overwhelmingly by people who do not know how, where, and when they will ever find a home. So heartbreaking. I think that Satan loves homelessness. That's what I think. The sparsest space can be a home. I'm not talking about a two story house. I'm talking about a place to go that is your refuge, home. We're going to pray that God, even through this series... It's going to break somebody out of the victimization of that homelessness and start working some miracles of restoration and deliverance. Let me tell you something. Satan wants us to think that there is a territory so dark and demonic that Jesus will not bother to come and conquer it. And the devil is a liar. He is a liar. Listen, here is where it begins. It begins just like this with whispering four words, Jesus, come get me. Jesus, come get me. If you have the strength enough just in your peril, if you can say today after being part of this series, I am telling you my world looks so similar to this man's world in Luke chapter 8 that you cannot even imagine it. If you could say that, listen, Jesus came right over through that storm to get to that very man. You just ask him to come and get you and you watch him do it. You watch him do it. I thought today that I'm not sure there's any bigger example of Satan having his way than when formerly reasonable people want Jesus to leave them alone so they can stay in that oppression. I want you to go with me here for a moment. I'll not get too specific because I don't think those kinds of things glorify God, but I'm thinking back on a time in my life when I needed deliverance in the worst way. And I literally had to come to grips with the fact that something was so messed up in my mind that I was not screaming to get out. I knew, listen, this is how I knew that I was sick was not just that I was screaming to get out, but that I wasn't. Oh, I need somebody to go with me. Anybody? Have you ever been someplace that you've thought, you know, I cannot be in my right mind because nobody in their right mind would think this is okay. Nobody in their right mind would think this is the environment I ought to be in. Nobody in their right mind would call what I am living in any semblance of freedom whatsoever. So you know, I'm not in my right mind because I know my head can tell me something different than my heart feels. There's got to be a way of escape, and there is. And that way is Jesus. Right. That way is That's Jesus. Right. So sometimes just even knowing, you know, I, I feel my, my heart wants to stay, but something in me knows this is no place to live. This is no place to live. I've got to have Jesus. Sometimes something in you knows better than what you feel. Somebody, I'm trying to think of all the scenarios there would be somebody watching today is scared to death of what life would be like without being full on in that eating disorder. Like it's just, it's just too frightening. You know you're in bondage, but you can't imagine what would it be like to be on the other side of it. What would it be, what would it be like not to have it? Somebody is in the uh, bondage of an affair. And even though you know this is not the will of God, something in you is scared to leave. Scenario after scenario, somebody is in a criminal lifestyle and still just clinging and staying right there where the enemy is tormenting you. And it is time for those four words, Jesus, come get me." You are loved. You are pursued. Even the fact that God has managed to have you right here, right now, to hear that message, know that He loves you and has come for you, and it is time for you to stand up out of that bondage.
2: Beth, you are a blessing. I don't care what, what you're talking about, what you're teaching. You get on, Father, thank you for the incredible gift, not only in Beth, but the gift of your love and the liberty and the freedom that you offer in Jesus' name. I hope that you will get every day a new day and experience a new day every day in the Lord and get the uh, names of Jesus' pens. There will be a blessing to you, the uh, Forest Chapel, a uh, beautiful painting. And know above all, you're helping us share water with those who so desperately need it. Water for life, but ultimately pointed to the water of life. God bless you. Thank you all for being here.
0: From the HGTV show, My Big Family Renovation, author, blogger, and speaker, Jen Hatmaker, explains her new book, For the Love, next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.